everybody, and welcome to Lore But Sexy, where we talk to you about our favorite video nope, game, nope, Lore. Blake, 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 wrong, wrong podcast, wrong podcast, wrong podcast. Wrong podcast? Wrong podcast? Oh, can I, can yeah, I finish, no, we, can I finish this not, pitch at We've least? not taken that podcast can yet. I, can I finish this pitch at least? Because I think this is a fun pitch. Hello and welcome to Lore But Sexy, where we read you your favorite video game lore, but as if we're doing a, 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 jazz, a jazz porno. Is that, I don't know. <laughs> Is that a good idea? Should I should I No, should I well, I was really with you. I, no, hold on. I was with you until the jazz porno <laughs> bit. AJ, um, AJ, you remember my my Catboy video I posted on the internet that like somehow yes. has a fucking I but side note, 2020 was a rough year and the weirdest thing about it for me outside of all the crazy shit was I uploaded a fucking Catboy video and that is the most viewed thing I've had probably of all time. So, <laughs> <laughs> My biggest problem with that is that it didn't go more viral. <laughs> it didn't be the face of the Catboy fandom. Um, but you oh, know, like, man, that'd be so good if you were just like known as like Blake Rea, Internet Catboy. <laughs> I'd take it. I'd I'd love that. Um, but you know, like the vibes of that, where it's just kind of that sexy jazz going on in the background. Now imagine doing mm-hmm. that, but it's the Doom lore soundtrack, not the. <laughs> Imagine that. The what? Imagine that, but it's you know like the Doom lore. Uh, you've have you finished Doom twenty sixteen yet? Because there are these no, there are these great sections. I... <laughs> Here, can I can I give you a little bit and we could put some jazz music underneath it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't I? I'll go ahead and throw some jazz music here. Why don't you go ahead and hit me with the lore of Doom? All right, hold on. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna read the Slayer's Testament. In the first age, in the first battle, when the shadows first lengthened, one stood. Burned by the embers of Armageddon, his soul blistered by the fires of hell and tainted beyond dissension. He chose the path of perpetual torment. In his ravenous hatred, he found no peace, and with boiling blood, he scoured the umbral plains seeking vengeance against the dark lords who wronged him. He wore the crown of the Night Sentinels, and those that tasted the bite of his sword named him the Doomslayer. Sexy noises. Sexy? Ah? Uh, ah? Uh, or was that no, a waste it, of 30 really, seconds? It, no, it, it's kind of sexy. It's kind of, a, it's kind of erotic. I think this could be something. It's you know kind what I mean? Like, you're, like, what if we just like did some like erotic lore descriptions? You know what I mean? Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. Kingdom Hearts is about this ancient magical key, and it's part the Keyblade. Fuck, I'm so bad at it. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, 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 how do you? Uh, I had a script. Okay, okay. I had a script. <laughs> That's the difference. Oh, the script, of course. <laughs> also, also, your description, it's kind of sexy, is like the energy I would want to take with a, a project like that. It's not like, it's nobody's getting hot and heavy listening to that. They're just like, I guess, I guess it's kind of, it's kind of good. Like, I would love for people to walk away with that. Yeah, the goal for this podcast isn't necessarily to set the mood. It's to capture that moment, like, right after a hookup when you're, like, really not sure what to talk about next. And you're just like, ah, I bet you I could start going off about my hyperfixation right now. It's just like... So you know much about Kingdom Hearts lore? (laughs) That sounds like the equivalent. Uh, So can I get you to listen to me talk about Yakuza now? Uh, That feels like something Scott Pilgrim would do after he hooked up with Ramona Flowers. (laughs) 
they're just sitting there in the silence and they're like uh you want to know why they call him uh pac-man because you know it was originally called puck man but they worried people would scratch out the p or whatever and the is like i don't know why the fuck i'm here uh, I'm leaving. So now. you know why the first boss in Bloodborne turns into a crazy werewolf? <laughs> anyway, it's because he used to be a hunter like you. <laughs> but imagine, like, that's how you know you find the. So one, this though. dog, this dog actually has two intro cutscenes. If you think about it, because there's one cutscene <laughs> where like he's super mad at you, but if you went ahead and did the optional boss fights in the painted world, then when he comes to this boss fight, he actually doesn't. He limps at you and whimpers because he doesn't want to have to kick your ass. <laughs> I want to capture that moment. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but yeah, here's the thing. You know you would find the one, though, if they're like, after you're done doing your like two-hour-long talk about like Bloodborne lore, they're like, they just say, I love you, and then that's it. And you're like, okay, this is cool. That's that's how you like determine like who are the people that you want to date in your life. Are they willing to listen to you talk out of your ass about Bloodborne lore for two hours? No, let's do a podcast to just capture that energy. I think I'm really into you. That uh, TM, TM, TM. I'm going to put a pin in this for us, you and me, starting that Google document folder right now. Lore 2. <laughs> like see see legit though legit though side side thing side thing i have legit thought about this because I, I i have this secret secret i have a new channel coming up that's going to be a lot of like uh it's going to be like D D themed um and that's one of the things i thought about do you think that would be a good idea this is like live on air do, tell me tell me my dreams are shitty Tell me my tell me my ideas are, are bad. A podcast where you just go over video game lore so that other people don't have to? No, that rules. Oh, <laughs> well, it wouldn't be like a podcast. It'd be like if five you if somebody videos. could tell me right now, hey AJ, do you want to have somebody romantically and semi sexually explain to you what Neo is? <laughs> yes. All right, all right, all right. TM, 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 TM. Hey, AJ, would, I know that you never finished Ghost of Tsushima, but would you like to know what happens in that game? Kind of romantically, kind of like you just hooked up with the podcast host? Yes. God, I want to know what happens at the end of that game. Does my uncle still hate me for being a sneaky ninja? Or does he love me, despite my horrible, nasty ninja ways? All right. I'll you, never if, know. If you're if you're new to the podcast, wow, that's a that's a serious seven minutes to walk in on. I if am Blake Ray. If this Rahe. podcast existed, I wouldn't have had to play Jack and Dexter two or three. Oh, to live in a world where I didn't have to play the Jack and Dexter two and three. Oh man. <laughs> All right, AJ. The bliss I could have had. AJ, introduce yourself. We got, uh, we got, we got, we got this current thing we need to do. We got, we got a podcast. How's it going? Help. I'm AJ Hart. I'm your other host. I help you take horrible, nasty video games from all over the internet and turn them into the next AAA titles. Hell yeah, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> all right, AJ. We got a uh, actually wait really quickly uh, before we go into our first submission. I just want to. No, we don't have any stock in GameStop. Please don't ask. No, <laughs> and yeah, we're kind of bitter about it. We were literally we were literally ro logging into Robinhood right as they closed the GameStop buying stock. I think that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I know that didn't happen to me. Did that happen to you? Because that would suck so much. Well, you know, AJ, as a as a knowledgeable man on the stonks trade, I uh, did not invest. I just looked at it and thought, man, that's a lot of money. Like most people I know that invest in stonks. They just like like to pull out their phone every three or four months and be like, man, this is how much money I would have had if I invested at that point in time. 
that's most of the experience I have with people that own stocks. They're like, man, I had to sell my stocks to pay for rent. But, you know, if I didn't sell my stocks a year ago, I would have had $13,000. And I'm like, bro, you are just like cucking yourself. Like you're making yourself got, feel bad. Like stop looking <laughs> at the stocks. I've got one friend that is currently in, vet, in the stocks market, in the stocks machine, as they say. <laughs> And every, like, month or so, they'll just, like, send us a screen cap of their stock graphs. Yeah. And every time I think to myself, yeah, I should probably get into that. Yeah. And then I don't. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Stock, stonks aside, here is the trailer for last week's game, Hooked, a real romance. Huh? Oh, yeah. Spiritual successor games. I used to think that the solitary fishing life was all I'd ever see. And if I'm being honest, it started to become all I wanted to see. It was simple and felt honest. Oh, looks like we got a big one today. But one day, I caught something like never before. You're not getting away today. Not just the catch of the day, the catch of a lifetime. Back up! Oh no, oh no! Hey everybody and welcome back. Thank you, Ryan Vafiza Day. I fucking hope that's God, you said Ryan, you sent me like your voice like to, to contribute to that trailer and you said how to say your name, and I still am worried I'm fucking it up. Thank you so much for submitting. You know what your- you could do? You know what you could do? You could just say like, oh, this one's we just want to say a big thank you to audio clip. <laughs> this one- <laughs> The power, the magic of editing. Hell yeah. The magic of editing. This one goes out to, thank you, we just want to say thank you so much to our very brief inter-time-dimensional guest. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Thank you so much, Thanks. Ryan. It's been a great, it's been a blast having you on the show. I'm going to go ahead and disconnect from the call now, though. Click. We should do that for every time we have a Patreon voice person. We just, because they, because they send us a clip of how to say their name correctly. And that's like, AJ, we're going to fucking cheat the system. We're no longer himbos, man. We co- we came up with a good, smart idea. Fuck yeah. Yes. <laughs> we're smart now. <laughs> thank yeah. You. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, it's time to read a book. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> thank you so much uh, for submitting your voice. If you want to have your voice featured in a trailer, check us out on Patreon. AJ, hit me with that first submission. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Or do you want me to do uh, it? Do you want me to do it? Are you not ready? Were you not prepared? I was not prepared. All right. All right. Hold all on. Right. I'm grabbing my phone to look at submissions, and I have a text from my mom now. But that's the submission. You got to read that text now. Don't, Coffee don't. or energy drink? Question mark. Blackberry, raspberry, and vanilla? Um, <laughs> this is for, for all you people that don't know around here. We got Dutch Bros, and they'll just like flavor an energy drink for you with whatever you want. It what? Rules. What? Yeah, dog. Really? Yeah. Dude, that they'll, sounds they fucking magical. They crack open an energy drink, and then they got all these flavors because it's a coffee shop in there. And they're like, what do you want? Blackberry? Lime? Oh. So pomegranate? It's just, so it's, so it's vanilla? just basically like the snow cone syrup that they just they just they just yes, dab yeah, a little bit. Snow cone syrup. Does that that I feel like that would taste like really fucking artificial? Actually, well, I mean it can't be any. No, more it tastes artific- fine. It tastes great. Can't be any more artificial than like a can of you know gamer gamer fuel rock star, right? Yeah, exactly. 
All right. I, I, I could give you a game if you want. All right, hit me then. All right, this one comes to us on Twitter from the real world eater at RealNoMono31, a top-down racing game with heavy stealth mechanics. And the idea of, like, I'm trying to think of, like, what would be a situation where a car would need stealth mechanics. And I feel you can either do, the first thing that screams out to me is Car Thief. And it's, you have to get the car. The first thing that snuck out to me was sneaking over to your girlfriend's house, but keep going. <laughs> so we're going to do this. Okay. So, so some girl is like basically sneaking out of her house and is trying to go see her girlfriend, but is it just, but then it's just, she's sneaking out of her driveway. She's not like sneaking across the city unless there are people like stations. Cause I'm, what I'm trying to think is, is you're just trying to get to yeah at that point the, the only the part you're trying to sneak is out of the house or to yeah. the vicinity of yeah. the new place yeah car thief is much better keep well, going maybe maybe here's the thing of like if we could lean into that but maybe let's say that this girl is like 15 years old she doesn't have her license yet and she still wants to get because you know we've all been there we've all been like hey we're young we don't really have a, fo- a form of transportation yet our partner is on the other side of the city we want to get to them um but it's the middle of the night so like how do we do that uh, you actually, don't because you wouldn't break a crime. You only have a permit. You're not about to create a video game advocate advocating for criminal activity, are you? AJ, it's a video game. We could just—it's not actually breaking. Go back any to life. the car thief. Go oh, back to the normal car thief. I refuse the- to endanger teens. I draw the line at teen endangerment. Hey, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If it's a video game, and also these are cool games that should not be made, AJ. Where, where do we draw the <laughs> where do we draw the line on games that? Fuck, we made a game last week about stealing people's passports. I this is, in my opinion, a lot less bad. Than and weeks ago, we created weeks weeks if not months ago, we created an ARG toy line designed specifically to make kids attack each other. So I guess I really don't have anything. <laughs> yeah, you so you're a 15 year old. So you're a 15 year old kid on your way to go over to your partner's place. Uh-huh, you have to sneak uh-huh. out of your home and drive without a license to get there. Yes. The stealth mechanic, it, it's like a top-down stealth game in the way that I guess like um, this gives me sort of a, uh, what's the name of the indie game where uh, Travis met the tiger of it and Travis from Travis Touchdown, uh, No More Heroes met the tiger and they were super cool fo- homies, but the actual game has all the like cool synthwave music. It's like, bum, bum, gung, 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 gung. What are you and you have a about? gun and it takes place in Miami. Uh, Miami Vice? Are you no. talking about Hotline Miami? Uh, Hotline Miami. There That's we go. not a stealth game. That is game... far from a stealth game. <laughs> but I'm thinking it plays or looks like Hotline Miami. Well, what I'm thinking is, is like the I think the easiest way to do this is that each night you're like going to visit your partner, right? Um, and I'm thinking it could be that there are just other cars with like flashlights and you're trying to avoid pools of light. And mm-hmm, maybe, mm-hmm. like, we could uh, introduce some element of, like, maybe this is kind of a car uh, a driving. I'm I'm so sorry, by the way. If you can hear Bentley in the background, the unofficial third host of the podcast, he's a fucking just loud cockatoo that's screaming for some reason. And I don't know why this house is so full of loud animals. Um <laughs> No, I get it. I got, I had three dogs dancing right by my door. I was wondering if the mic could pick up. <laughs> Joys of recording remotely, huh? Um, so uh, forgive me for that. But what I'm thinking of this is, is like it's. Um, I'm trying to think of like. Do you remember that one stealth game that was huge for a while? It's called Stealth Bastard. No. Was okay. that a flash game? It wasn't a flash game, but it felt like one. It was like okay. you are trying to avoid. 
the pools of light because if you get into any pool of light you are like a camera picks you up um or like a, a good another good example it's not necessarily stealth but remember in katana zero anytime you would go into like a pool of light an alarm would sound or a door would close oh people, yeah 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 so i'm thinking the, the if you, pool of light mechanic of all stealth games i get you yeah. Yeah, so you have, like, maybe police cars or, you know, driving up and down streets, like, flat, you know, floodlighting or whatever. Or maybe there's some other, like, busy, like, eh, some levels could be, it's not necessarily that there are pools of light, but there are, like, maybe uh, motor motorcycle groups running through and you don't want to get in the way of them. Because I'm imagining you're, this is as much of a avoiding an accident as it is avoiding um, being caught uh, but I mean, guess I would argue that it is as much in avoiding getting caught as avoiding an accident as time trial as possible. Oh. I want to juggle those three things. Ooh. How's it going? Uh, we have another excuse to to shout out this movie that you and I can't seem to avoid, and that is Need for Speed Tokyo Drift. I just watched <laughs> that movie yesterday. Oh my god, that movie does still rule. And I saw, and I'm and I'm thinking about drifting these days. And what yeah. if we did a top down stealth time trial? <gasps> but you game can only drift. Where you can drift. I'm thinking that drifting is going to be one of those high-level, like, strats. I, and I'm thinking that, like, in a stealth game like uh -huh. this, you have th you only have so many controls in a car and, like, only so many things you can do for a stealth game. Mm -hmm, I think, mm -hmm. like, you can honk your engine, and that would bring cars over. You can rev your engine. That would just bring cars over. And you can flash your lights, which... See would also just bring cars over. I think so no, no, all no. of your stealth mechanics are just bringing cars towards you. But if you can bring them towards you and then outrace their path to get to the end of the level and get to mm -hmm. the next mid, like zone, mm -hmm. you could really get cruising on I that feel, bad boy. I feel it would be funnier to do a stealth game where the mechanics are or the driving mechanics are so fucking noodly. Because, like, the idea of doing a stealth game where you have to avoid obstacles, avoid getting in damage, avoid pools of light, but you can only drift or you're always, like, it always feels like your car is on ice. Because that would also lean into the canon that this person doesn't know how to drive. Like, so... I it, want this car to feel exactly like a warthog from Halo 3. <laughs> like, that level of, like, slippery good butter tires where, like, uh, you have uh -huh. enough control to drive where you want to go, yeah. but you're going to throw Just that turn. back end everywhere. Yeah, like, you can drive straight, straight line, super easy. The moment you need to start turning, dude, it's it's anybody, it's anybody's game. It's butter tire physics, yeah. Tire and again, this, this is going to be one of those games <laughs> with, like, a really, tire. really high skill cap. Like, people, the the time, the, the GDQ of this will mm -hmm. be phenomenal. <laughs> okay, so just as the level progresses, I guess, uh, as the game progresses, you are just taught different driving mechanics and the whole, like, Th the game ends with like you learning how to drive, having your license, so then you don't need to like uh, go undercover to go see your girlfriend whenever you want. You can actually just go drive yeah. and see them. Okay, that's cool. I like that. And then maybe at the end of every level, oh my god, what if you did a thing of like you every every piece of damage your car acquired is is affected throughout the game. So like, hey, you got into a front end bumper on your first night drive, guess what? Your car's going to start drifting towards the right um, on every <laughs> night prior. So, like, the, the, the damage is permanent. It's consecutive. <laughs> yes. So you need to yes, be able... Yes, yes, yes. So the game can be completed, like, 
it's like a game that takes like 30 minutes to beat but where the time comes is is like you have to constantly restart the game because you're either totaled your car and your parents find out and then like is you're constantly going back to level one and retrying again and again and again and that could get really frustrating which might <laughs> which could be the uh should not be made part of this yeah the that's the, the should not be made part the idea of like there's no way to repair the car there's no way to fix it you just give it more damage as the night goes that rules i'm gonna oh, put a pin sweet. in it all right cool 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 all right buddy you got a game yeah this comes from the real world eater at nonomo 31 a tech a deck building tony hawk where you change cards by switching skateboards a deck building tony hawk i so yes. it's it's a it's so a deck building rather game. than it's a deck building game. So uh -huh. when you like you're riding your skateboard and then you go up in the air and like when you hit the air, the game deals out the cards for you and then you can play pick out what cards and what tricks you want to do. Then you hit the ground and then those cards are reshuffled back into the deck. I'm mm. imagining the the big influence I want to take from this is like the uh, Kingdom Hearts re chain of memories where they took a full deck building system and slapped it into a third person action game God, that's so and all the cool. timing was super wrong no oh. it was really bad <laughs> it was cool on the game boy uh-huh Here, here's the here's uh, it's a brief lesson chain of memories was a game boy advance game for the kingdom hearts franchise where they went to a 2d beat-em-up style they redid the gameplay system so that it was a deck building game essentially every attack you did was a card mm -hmm, mm -hmm. every potion you did was a card every summon or spell you wanted to do was a card and that deck was shuffled up and you had to use that deck when you were going through the game it mm -hmm. worked out really good because, like, it felt really nice. The timing of Sora's attacks in that Game Boy game were all synced up to, like, a slower pace that a card game felt natural. Mm -hmm. But not a lot of people played it, and then they decided to take that card game system and just slap it into the Kingdom Hearts 1 engine, where all the, where the card systems just laid on top of the original combat timing systems and all the original combat. So none of the timing felt right. You would play cards to, at like times that felt inhuman or like incompatible with the deck system. You would throw down like four cards because uh... it was your normal combo, but it was Sora's combo as made for the PlayStation 2 game, mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. Sora's combo as made for the Game Boy game. Mm -hmm. And so what that causes is a lot of cards not matching up, a lot of failed combos, a lot of things just feeling really disconnected and uncomfortable. I want to catch that level of frustration, mm -hmm. but in a in a skateboarding game. So is it I just... want it to be just as fast as normal Tony Hawk games where you would launch into the air and you have about four seconds to drop to like hit the ground again. But in those four seconds, you lose about half a second because you're, the cards are being put down on, on the screen in front of you. You lose half a second because then you have to decide what cards you want to use on this trick. You lose a second uh... because the animation of the cards going up to the center of the screen and then activating on your character... And then the tr and then it triggers the little animation of the cool tricks you're doing, mm -hmm. and then you hit the ground. So really, you have to make every conscious decision in about mm, two seconds, including understanding what cards were just dealt to you. Oh my god! I'm wondering if you could do some sort of thing like <laughs> if you can create your own custom hardware for this. Um, that's like a dual deck. You remember like the dual decks from Yu-Gi-Oh, where like you could put the card. <laughs> I'm wondering if you can do a thing. Where it's like something like that, because I feel like 
there would be some sort of market to being like, okay, doing the controllers too slow. If I had some sort of like device that I can use where the controls are a lot more immediate. So you have like these videos, like you would have like these videos. You're of proposing a world in which somebody drawing their own hand of cards and putting them on the table is faster than their finger press. Yeah. I mean, have you not seen I wanna meet who I wanna meet this karate expert. Wait, AJ, oh my god, I'm getting a fucking flashback. Oh my god. Do you remember was it Tony Hawk or Skate that actually had the skateboard you stand on that had the sensors? You buffoon, that was Tony Hawk's vertical downhill jam. So what if you combine that with a dual disc? So you're constantly having to do the skateboard, <laughs> like you're actually on the skateboard with the sensors and all that shit, and it's just as janky as it was when it came out. But you also have a fucking dual disc that you constantly to maintain momentum and also have the dexterity to like hold cards and being like you have to read them at the same time, make sure you place them at the right time. You can't. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Every card is QR coded, so like the the, <laughs> the machine, the dual disc that you're it's just wearing like Skyland. No, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you have every card in the deck or not, it mm -hmm. will know if you draw a, d a card too early and as such, it will be deactive. It will know all of those things. So you have to draw cards. Like you're doing the Tony Hawk vertical downhill jump. You take the jump. You draw cards yourself. You look at your cards. You play the cards that you want in real time. You mm -hmm. hit the ground and keep going. Hey, also, here's another thing that we could do. Um, hey, wait a minute. Wasn't there a Yu-Gi-Oh generation that was just this? Uh, do you mean, well, they were on bikes, like they were on motorcycles, but it was on like uh, a track. Of course they were on motorcycles, <laughs> right, thank you. His, yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! 5 now I, I think feel, Now I feel like the idiot. Oh, <laughs> uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! on board, stupid. Well, no, <laughs> no, you... <laughs> <laughs> you're onto something though. You're, you're onto something though because this does feel very Yu-Gi-Oh-esque they're like trying to be fucking like after Yu-Gi-Oh GT or GX the one where they were like where you follow Jaden at like Yu-Gi-Oh high school um that's not called the Yu-Gi-Oh high school but it's it's called something um it was Yu-Gi-Oh Hogwarts <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh Hogwarts ba yeah basically um it was three houses <laughs> one was yellow one was blue one was red it's uh, it's hogwarts it's Yu-Gi-Oh! So, hogwarts so here's what i'm pitching here's what i'm pitching so you have this dual disc and remember on like the real dual discs it had those little like slots that you could slide the card in so the card wouldn't go sliding anywhere um mm -hmm, or fall mm -hmm. that doesn't exist on this dual disc so if you <laughs> so if you actually fall or like fuck up all your cards go spilling out and then you Theoretically, you can't access those cards again. So, like, any cards you had stacked up, any combos you had, that trick is automatically failed. So, you not only fail the trick in the game or the combo in the game, you then lose access to those cards for, like, following tricks. So, it, like... Oh, it man, dude, this peripheral is going to be so expensive, isn't it? It's, like, like just, let's, just, let's just think of the total, right? It's $60 uh -huh. for the base game, uh -huh. plus another, like, $40 for the skateboard underneath. Plus yeah. another forty dollars for the for the card holder peripheral, and you're constantly plus forty dollars plus the, for the cards. Uh huh. You're looking uh -huh. at like a what's this game running you like two sixty? Yeah, it's like a two hundred plus game, and also it, it like most like living card games like Arkham Horror or the Lord of the Rings thing. A new pack comes out like every month, so you constantly have to be buying new cards to unlock new, new tricks. Skate tricks, and yeah. every time you bail these cards, they're fucking cards, dude. A lot of these cards are gonna get banged up after a while and guess what you're gonna need to buy it. but here's <laughs> the thing here's, here's, here's the real fucking gem of it you can't buy the yeah. core cards outside of the original packet so like you can't just buy replacement oh, cards you have to yes. buy a whole new fucking dual deck with the car or you have to buy the whole 
yeah, the whole dual deck with that core card again. So guess what? If you bust cards, there you're gonna have to buy a, another fucking sixty dollar package to get them back. So guess don't break your cards. Ooh, yes, yeah, so don't break your break, cards. Breaking that, breaking oh, that the- fucking money. <laughs> the the vert the vert card that lets you land on your vert. skateboard skateboard like it was backwards i think that's what that's called a vert i don't I know what no it's idea. called when you land like when you land like let's say you ride one way with like your left foot in front but then you can land with your right foot in front like all the skateboard games let you do that but uh-huh, like uh-huh. this game you would need a card to put at the end of your combo to do that mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. only in like the base core set you're never going to be able to get more copies of no, that card no no of the ollie cuz like every trick starts with like i don't know if every trick starts with an ollie but um well the the ollie card is a card that you can it's one of the few trap cards you can put that on the on the board and you can activate that whenever you want cuz ollie uh... is just a jump normally if we're using the the uh Tony Hawk downhill jam uh, system, then there's going to be ramps that you can use for the jumps. Well, what I'm thinking, well, unless just there is, in which just case building you need to activate of, the Ollie card. Well, just building off of what you were saying about like kind of like keeping the much the most commonly used things to the core pack. I feel like a lot of tricks do start with Ollies, um, especially when because there's I like think Ollie is just the the jump, isn't it? Isn't it an Ollie just like what you do to make the skateboard go uppy? Yeah, but that's what you also need to do. You need to go up to do a lot of tricks, especially when because there's two different kinds of skateboarding. There's like street skate, and then there's uh, I is I think it's uh, well, this is downhill skate. Yeah. Well, I th- oh okay. So we're that we're keeping to the idea that this is just a complete downhill like obstacle. Yeah, it's like a snowboarding thing. game. Oh, okay. That does make it a lot easier. I was thinking like, well, but then again, like, what the fuck's the point of the uh, the board peripheral? Because like, to steer you can... your dude. Oh, you're right. Okay, okay. And then you can get faster by. I mean, like, also, you're if going we want to, also if we want to incentivize and cause more dropping, I think that the little deck that they have on the floor, if they can jump that, then their character will do an ollie. <laughs> but again, then they might drop their cards. Oh God. Oh no. <laughs> oh yeah baby put oh, a pin fuck. in this one too what do you got all right i got another one for you this one comes to us on twitter i am not witty enough for a funny name at arp 1033 a game where you are the person who designs the weapon stats for tabletop games try not to try try to make them balanced and fun but don't go too far out of reality or you will make some nerds mad hint this is impossible the nerds will always be mad <laughs> um, so I'm thinking there's just something about like being a blacksmith and then designing the weapons that you know the adventurers in your town will use. So I'm thinking it would be kind of fun to do some sort of game where like you are the blacksmith. Actually, you haven't played Gloomhaven, but the idea of like this is a hub, uh, a hub where all adventurers come to and are constantly they get all of their food, their resources, their weapons and other things to go out and go do their adventures. So I'm wondering if you could do some sort of like blacksmithing slash economy game where you can design these weapons and how well you design them directly affects the survivability of the adventurers in that town because all of them come to you for the weapons they come to you for like magically imbued swords or you know a pike or uh yes okay this i love this kind of hits me in the same way that like the the business part of moonlighter did or Mm -hmm. um 
There's this new game on Switch. I haven't picked it up yet, but it's called Takashi and Hiroshi, mm. where you play as this. The in that game, what it is is you play as a game designer that's making video games for your little brother. So Aww. rather than like you yourself leveling up enemies or like leveling up character player characters and stuff, mm-hmm. you're deciding what enemies your brother goes against, and mm-hmm. you need to make sure that your things are strong enough that your brother gets a good fun time out of beating them, but easy enough that your brother can still beat them oh interesting but what you're creating is a game from the opposite end a game Mm -hmm. where you are the blacksmith that is going to make weapons for people Mm -hmm. uh the game will kind of progress as you do better or and or worse perhaps it'll but they will react and so you need to say like oh yeah i'm gonna make a sword and it's like 29 pounds Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that maybe is good how much should a short? How much should a sword weigh? I think twenty nine seems like a lot. I think if I remember correctly, uh, it, depending on the sword, I believe it's around ten pounds. So if you make it too heavy, then the venture is going to come back and be like, "Hey, bud, the sword was super strong, but way too heavy, and it mm-hmm. sucks, and I hate it, and I hate you, and you're not getting any more money from me." Oh god. Uh, the average weight of any one of normal size is between 2.5 and 3.5 pounds. <laughs> so yeah, you make like a 12 sword, 12 pound sword. See, but that's that's kind of cool. So maybe this is like here's the thing. Here's here's the lore of this game is you are the kid of a blacksmith. Like say your dad was like the blacksmith of the town and your blacksmith passes or your blacksmith is like your dad is like taken or something like that. And so you have this incentive to make the adventurers around you better so hopefully they can eventually save your dad or something like that so say yes uh, and so you're continuing to give them bad weapons with the goal mm-hmm. of making them stronger mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. adventurer comes back and he's like i cannot believe you gave me a 12 pound sword yes and you're like yes yes very mm, so very horrible mm-hmm. but then you notice mm-hmm. that that guy's strength stat his gains his muscles oh that sword swinging arm it's looking good. Could you could you do like in a weird way? Could you do this as like a date not like a dating game in the traditional sense but like you know like in dating games like Honey Pop you need to remember certain qualities about that person and when it comes up in conversation you need to have them memorized so you yes, can answer. Yes, yes, yes. There, so there will be two qualities of the, of of adventurers. There mm-hmm. are adventurers which are just like the general run of the mill characters that you're like you're kind of giving them whatever you can you're, but you're not going to be watching their stats necessarily increase. They're the things that are coming in like your general mobs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then there are heroes. Now oh. heroes have their own stats. Heroes will be coming back to your town regularly and you can Mm -hmm. watch them grow based on what you've given them Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh my god wait aj holy fuck what if we did because have you played uh shadow of mordor uh yes i played it a little bit i think i know where you're going with this so what i'm what i'm thinking is so those that haven't played shadow of mordor it has this really really unique engine um where basically your character is immortal and they can be killed and what happens is is the orc that kills you if they do, if they kill you, they actually go up in rank and become like their own chieftains. It it forms this organic story where like this run of the mill orc, they kill you and then they get some moniker like orc the iron tooth or orc the bloodthirsty or whatever. And every time, and if they keep 
killing you, they keep growing in rank and becoming more and more powerful. What I'm suggesting here is that if your um, every person you meet at the beginning is like a traditional, like I'm not a traditional, a starting out adventurer, and depending on how successful you make weapons for them, they can grow in rank and become, like you were saying, AJ, a hero. So like. If they die, they don't advance at all. But if they survive their first adventure, they grow in rank. And then suddenly you find out a new preference that they have. And every time they grow, you build a natural organic bond with this adventurer that you're building their swords for. It'll be like, uh, like say four adventurers go by, uh, four adventures come and that character grows by four ranks or whatever. And has become like a local hero. Or we can use like the D&D system where it's like um, a, a nobody, local hero, uh known around the continent like and then god or whatever um mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you unlock new preferences and they start telling you like about the adventure that they're going to go on so you have to craft unique weapons for that adventure like hey i'm gonna go slay a pack of werewolves that means okay that's the hint to tell you okay your weapon needs to be silvered but you also need to keep in mind of like silver ways different but then you're than like steel. Oh, but if i but if i don't give him a silver weapon he's gonna go out there and going to be very under powered and underprepared for this werewolf hunt mm -hmm. but if he comes back his intelligence stat is going to go through the roof because he mm -hmm. will have figured out how to kill these werewolves without silver mm -hmm. it, and it's that gamble right do you send somebody in underprepared so that they like have to think their oh, way out their, their cunning intelligence that's cool stat that's goes? cool or uh -huh. do you or do you give them too much gear so they come back and their strength stat is increased? Mm -hmm, or do you mm -hmm. send them out there with like mm, not quite enough armor so th for them to be safe so that when they come back their health is increased? Mm -hmm. it, it's that give and take that push and pull of like I want them to be just not ready enough so that their stats grow. Yeah, it, yeah. It's gamifying the mission style of like you know Assassin's Creed Brotherhood mm -hmm. or even one of the Yakuza games had like this mission system where you send people out on missions all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, it'd be really cool too, is like as the natural organic, like you're like the, 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 the heroes. Also, will start I, to I show do themselves. want to go back. I don't want necessarily every adventurer to uh, become heroes. I love the idea of adventurers growing uh, passively, but I want to give the game heroes that are specific characters that we've created that mm -hmm. will have their own plot lines oh okay so you kind of get to know okay i see what you're saying and you'll you be kind can of create mm -hmm. you can create like adventurers that might gain up to the title of local hero right or like mm -hmm. um known slayer or something like that but they're like there's going to be heroes like keith and keith comes in and he's like what's up i'm your boy mm -hmm. keith i was i grew up with you and i love you you're my uh... best friend and you're like, Keith, Keith's okay. gonna grow so strong by the end of this game. There's mm -hmm. there's another game that somebody could play where they play as Keith. That's not the game we're making though. We're See, we're playing Hero Forge. But I think the the thing that you lose with that is then the idea of death doesn't really matter at all anymore. Um, actually, no, it still can. Like your main heroes have plot armor, but those like run of the mill adventurers that can grow in rank can die. Like so, some... yeah. Like Keith, okay. Keith is the story protected hero, mm -hmm. but then I have an adventure that I've watched grow. Named, give me a name. Uh, Margaret. Margaret. Mm -hmm. I have a local a local adventurer named Margaret that I've watched. I've watched her stats grow. Mm -hmm. I've made her so powerful, and I'm going to send Margaret on an adventure with Keith. We'll see mm -hmm. what happens. 
see, I, that's where I was going to get. It would, be, it would be so fucking cool to see, like, our core cast of characters grow close together. Like, at the beginning of the game, they don't know each other, but they ru- they have run-ins while at your blacksmithing shop. Like, Keith's Wait, coming in to get his sword. what am I talking about? Dude, we can, we can scrap the whole, like, run-of-the-mill adventure system and just do, like, 20-some-odd named characters and play it like Fire Emblem. We yeah, send them could... out on adventures together and they grow in bonds. Well, that's, okay, th- I think that should be, I don't think I want, I want it to happen naturally but they can have permadeath if they die they can just be removed from the story i think because none of the heroes stories Mm -hmm. matter because like they're their own unique story that is on affiliated with the story of us sending out adventurers to save our dad Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well what i'm thinking is is that you start the game so like all like that 10 20 named characters that have their own stories they have permadeath but the idea of you you don't dictate what adventures they go on because then that just becomes fire emblem i think it's you keep to the blacksmith level where it's like hey you run this shop that can build swords craft like magical staffs or other things that way you have like more than just like a person who you're not just crafting swords you can also craft magical items maybe some grimoires or whatever um Mm -hmm. and then because that would be kind of cool because then out of that cast of characters that are constantly coming and going to pick up their stuff, that's when you can have all of the little chance encounters. It'll be like, hey, and it's all ran, and it could be random of like, hey, Keith is gonna run into our um our little witch character called Sharik, and they're gonna have a little chance like, and then uh, then he becomes like a father figure for this like little witch girl who's like. Her thing isn't to destroy oh, monsters. Yeah, Keith comes want- in one day and he's like, how's it going, blacksmith? You'll never believe this. I got a daughter. I found a kid in the woods. <laughs> yeah. There's it a just- whole ass child. I adopted it, dude. It's got magic mm. powers and shit. Mm-hmm. It's rules. I love being a dad. So, and then, you know, you find, you just like watch these stories. It's like a visual novel slash like shop crafting game. And, and, and then now you've got more stakes because now you're like, oh, God, Keith's a dad. Mm-hmm, I used mm-hmm. to just send Keith in with the bare bones because, like, he's OP as hell and he always comes back alive. But now he's a dad. Mm-hmm. I can't risk him. Oh, fuck. And then you would find out, like, in another playthrough of the game, if you, like, Keith died before that, you, like, the kid wanders into your shop maybe by themselves or something. And then, like, then maybe you become the dad figure or something. And I, I don't know, like, there's, like, a lot of, like, legit potential in a game like that that just seems very, yes. very, like, 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 oh, my Get, God, I would love to see uh, these man, characters This is the game grow. I want to be made. Play, yeah. Hey, somebody out here, uh, Blake and I are resigning full ownership of this game. If you want to make a video game where you play a blacksmith, it's just the missions, it's just prepping gear for adventurers to send mm-hmm. them out, and it's just a little management game. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> just send us, send us each a copy, though. That's that's my only yes. request. <laughs> Dude, that game fuck All right, let's put a big pin in that one cuz that like I legit really like that one. Let's see here. Let's grab another one from the mm-hmm, bucket. Mm-hmm. This comes from Blue Bla- Blue Bowser Stan account at Koopa Kirby. A fighting game or otherwise online PVP game that measures your stats extensively. It ranks your progress online by how many people never play the game after you beat them. Oh, so... <laughs> so you know how, like, you'll... You know people how, like, we've we've all had the moment where we pick up a new fighting game, and we're like, oh, I wanna, I'm want i so excited to play Tekken. Mm-hmm, but, like, mm-hmm. you're maybe, like, three weeks late on it. Mm-hmm. So you pick up Tekken, and you hop in online, and you just get 
dunked on, right? Somebody's like absolutely mastered. Just sounds like uh, anytime as... it just sounds like anytime you pick up a fighting game and need somebody to play with, and I'm like, I'm the reluctant friend. <laughs> just like I know how this yes. is gonna go, but I'm just you know, every time I, I want to help my friend and learn fun. like the base level mechanics of it, and then I dunk on you. Yeah. yeah. But like, what this is is like, this game is going to be like, oh, AJ, AJ has made it so that five people online have never touched the game again after he dunked on them so hard. After he did them so dirty, they oh. never played it again. AJ, that, that's five points for him. This feels like but like this, this could uh, go to any genre, right? Think mm. about how good it would feel to like if you played League of Legends and you were like, I know for a fact that I tilted this person so bad that they've never fired League of Legends up again since. See what this would breed, though, it would breed a lot of like trolling. I think it'll be like, you know, oh, like in it a would fighting, be the most toxic <laughs> environment because it would just be a video game where people are purposefully trying to make people rage quit games forever. <laughs> you just like, have it like it would it's... just be people trying to master mechanics and then bad manner people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then what you could, it just, I picture it's like, uh, I've been watching, weirdly enough, I've been watching a lot of uh, Marvel, Cap Marvel versus Capcom, like. Uh, fighting clips from Evo because it just it's like fucking it's so intense and I'm actually like really into it now um like one of the techniques I see people do is that they're just constantly strafing and just doing ranged attacks and just seeing the frustration well up in the person they're going up against because they just can't fucking get in there and like just the legitimate rage that I see in them of like man you know what this is like unfair this is like a bullshit fight I, I fucking hate it. I would I would actually punch this person in real life. Just that level of anger, I feel is like every match that would exist in this game. It's just somebody's doing yes. something fucked up and to not allow the other person to gain anything. I, I, I'm just, mm, how do you convince... Delectable. How would you convince people... Oh god, the marketing campaign would be would have to be like something like, "Hey, this is a really friendly game to newcomers." Like, and it then would like just every... look like a normal fighting game. Like, this is yeah. a, this is a mechanic that we could slap on Guilty Gear Strive. This well, I'm, what I'm picturing is is like after a while though, like most people like that play the game will catch on to it. So you constantly need to be getting new people into it. So what I'm picturing is is that the community would be really two-faced of like pe the whole Reddit page would be just like oh you walk in like everybody's super nice to each other everybody's trying to like hey I'll jump in a match with you if you want I could train you if you need like if you need a sparring partner uh, yes just getting well that's naturally going to occur because everyone's trying to bait people in to make yeah. them never want to play it again <laughs> yeah. yes yeah. everybody's gonna be so nice but the moment they get the ring they're just like fucking just like uh. God, I, I don't know the fighter's name, but he's a guy from, uh, I believe he's from Taiwan. Like, he's infamous in the Marvel versus Capcom thing because he will literally just shout in your face as he's, like, because he's one of the best players. He, but he will, like, shout in your face and call you rancid things. And that'll just be, like, it'll be just such a shock of, like, man, this person, this person's really nice on Reddit. They say they'll train me and, then you know, I can, I, I, I can maybe, I can make a friend and I can have some fun. And then you just get in the match and it's just, like... <laughs> non-optional uh voice inputs so yes. like you have oh, to yes. you, have, you can't turn off communications so just people fucking yelling at each other and just being fucking absolute trash mm. <laughs> yes just the worst most Delicious. toxic gaming environment Delicious. Ooh, the most two-faced <laughs> community imaginable <laughs> Blake, you got another game for us? Yeah, I got another game for you. 
All right, so this one comes to us on Reddit from user Too Many Bees. Is there a way to gamify anime AM- AMVs? A game of Naruto versus Sasuke or Ichi- Ichigo versus Okura? God, I fucked Ol-Kiora. that up. Okura. Okura. That's a cool name. Or whatever. You should the probably roll the R is. on that. I'm not certain actually, because he's um, an Iran car, so he probably has a Hispanic name, right? Isn't that how they're all coded? I honestly don't know. I I have not watched a whole lot of Bleach, to be honest. I've watched like the opening arc, I guess, where you find out where Ichigo is like a Soul Reaper, and like I remember like the the drip in oh, that the show being really Soul fucking Reaper, good. Reaper arc. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Soul Reaper arc. The first two or three arcs of that show, mm, delectable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Also, the drip in that show, pretty fucking, pretty fucking good. Really uh, good fashion. Yeah. Um. But what I'm thinking is, is like. <laughs> how do you gamify an amv you're chuckling I, there ha- there has to be a community element to it because one of the things i've noticed is like i as i've watched anime and stuff part of the fun is just shitting on people's ships like everybody's like hey <laughs> well that's not necessarily fun but yeah i get what you mean no not like okay i'm okay th- let me rephrase it's not necessarily shitting it'll be just like well, that's an interesting choice. And then be like, or like, there's that fun little humor of like, I ship this one character with this character, but somebody ships that same character with another character. And there's just that debate of like, oh, that, but you know, like X reason, that reason. Like for me, <laughs> if, you, if one can handle a fun discussion with it, yes, absolutely. There's always like a charm in seeing what other people bring to the table and what other people see in media. Uh-huh. However, a lot of people out there take it to extremes so what i'm saying is is we create some sort of like you have to edit at amv and upload it um to this database and people can vote on it and depending on like (laughs) it would be fucked up of like if it gets rated too low it gets deleted so you have to like See, that's a problem because people's rare pairs are gonna get just like gonzoed you know what i mean my there, my shot at the hedgehog Shrek AMV that like what? is a rare pair that no what one wants to see like that's gonna get disintegrated. <laughs> no, but see, okay, look, I no, took an extreme AJ, there no. for the for the comedy sake of it, but you know what I mean. No, if no, I no, make AJ. a Shino X Naruto AMV, ain't nobody gonna watch no, that. No, 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 no. But here's the gamble though, because I have a feeling, um, if you put something just so outrageous out there, people might bite onto that hook though. And what if we did a thing of like, it's, uh, you know, this is what we call it. Instead of having seasons in our game, we call them tournament arcs. So we do like, hey, this season, we're just doing nothing but Naruto ships. Or this season, okay. we're doing nothing but Inuyasha ships. And people like will vote, like do their ship or like any possible How ship that's possible do, with that What show. do we do to ensure that my Naruto X Shino ship has the same legs to stand on? As Sasuke Naruto. I... You see my problem, right? <laughs> we, if we want to gamify this. Uh-huh. And, and it, again, like this, we need to make sure it's not a popularity contest. Mm-hmm, because again, mm-hmm. my rare pair is going to be disintegrated. I don't know how you can do... Um... Pe- a lot of people out there aren't going to understand that like Naruto, the horrible, obnoxious, loudmouth, and Shino, the most introverted character in the series, would be great together. Shino? Who's, which one? Sh- the uh, the bug you- boy. Oh, I thought for some reason I thought you were talking about Eno, and I thought like that's not that's not Eno. Shino like, is the name of the bug boy, right? I'm not mm, messing that up. Yeah, I believe yes, I believe Shino is Shino Naruto. I believe you're correct. 
Doesn't he end up with a... Yeah, baby. God, I'm so does, smart and good at does, Naruto. Who does he end up with? Isn't it somebody I don't believe he village? has a kid. Really? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so uh, does Shino get married? But That's he's like got a million babies that live inside his bones. Oh. Bug ninjas are wild. Uh, <laughs> I am not a fucking fan of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, okay. You're right, because it's like it's... Anything that's opinion-based, you would definitely lean... How can... I guess the question is, is how do you destroy an opinion-based thing? Do you judge it on the quality of the AMV, rather? Because I don't know how... Yeah, how do you turn off the popularity contest thing? Is it just like... Actually, AJ, I have it. I fucking have it. I have it. So, this is what we do. This is not an opinion-based thing at all. So, when you log into this game or this thing, you... uh. You will have, like, maybe... I'm trying to figure out how you integrate the AMV. Maybe the AMVs are in-house made. And what happens is, is, like, uh, you are randomly assigned a ship. And the game for you, then, is becomes... You have to argue that ship to everybody else. So it's like, it may not be the ship that you want, but the fun is, is trying to figure so out how to argue your what point. What you are proposing is an AMV invitational. We we scour the internet, we find the best AMV makers out there, we invite them, we say, welcome to our tournament, here's the ship, mm. you need to make an AMV for this. We mm -hmm. then curate and find people that are going to opt in and vote for particular ships. Those people that have voted that they enjoy said ships are then able to vote for the best AMV in that category. Well, what I'm thinking, not necessarily that, it's just that um, when you log into this site, you are randomly assigned a ship. So it'll be like, I log in. I'm like, I lean towards like Naruto Hinata. Bad take. I know it's a trash take, but- It's the canon I, take. <laughs> that but, you, and you can take that to the grave, dog. Yeah, All yeah, of us out here shipping Naruto Shino. Ah, it's not canon. <laughs> Damn. But you lucky some bitch. But say I log in and I'm assigned a ship that uh, I assigned the Shino Naruto ship and be like, okay, I know what my actual ship is, but the game is is me having to argue why this ship works. So it's basically, and this is kind of cool because it would force like toxic fucking ship people to look at things from a different perspective. It'll be like, hey, I have the ship. It's canon. It's the sh it's the ship. And then I have to I look at this game and be like, oh, okay. So I need to argue why I have to actually look at the ship. Why does it work? Oh, you're right. It is some uh, bombastic. We're going to gamify forcing people to understand each other's ships. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yes. Yeah. We're gonna force these people into debate clubs where they have to understand ships that they don't like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And then, like, uh, I guess how we would do that is we would have to maybe get a panel of judges or or something where it's like. <sighs> the, and making the AMVs is still invitational, though. By the way, I want mm. that. I want that to be a badge of honor that people can put on their college resume. I oh want them to God. be like, "Oh me, mm. I was invited to do the AMV shipping AMVs two times in a row." What if it's like, "Oh dang, what?" What if what if you did this like Hogwarts style, where it's like. You have the panel of judges or the panel of, like, it's all the people who, um, the people who submitted the official AMV are the, are part of the panel of judges and they can distribute points or whatever. 
Um, but there will be like throughout the season, there will be select debates. And depending on how well you do in the debate is how much points you earn for your ship house or whatever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so, um, or something like that. And people, people love faction video games and the idea of like a game that can seasonally shuffle what faction you're part of. That's, Mm -hmm. that's fascinating. I love that. Mm -hmm. And then also there's another thing of like every, you if you make an AMV and submit it to your house, you can just earn points that way. So you're going to flood the fucking, you're going to flood YouTube every season with just a bunch of, because every, like every AMV that you make for your house, their group to win. Yeah. Even if they don't like support that ship, they want their mm, group to win. So you're going to have like fucking, uh, Naruto X Shino, but it's to the tune of, uh, God, what's a good bug song. Are there any good? Are there any songs based on bugs? Now that I'm thinking about bug it, bug snacks, baby, bug- kind of <laughs> bug and kind of snack. It's just Shino X Naruto to bug. Hey, can snacks I get a, Hey, hold on. Can I get a? Snacks? Can I get a Shino? Nor, can I get a Shino fan cam, please, to bug snacks? Please, please. I've never. Please, please, please. I might have to make this myself. Dude, do it. Do it like thirty. Dude, make a thirty-second AMV. We'll fucking put it on the YouTube channel. Fuck it. Here comes Why the. Not? Here comes the Shino <laughs> fan cam. This fucking Shino X Naruto. Imagine to the people that don't, <laughs> that aren't caught up on the podcast, and we just post that on the YouTube channel. And they're like, "What the fuck is this? What is happening? Why is there an AMV on shot?" I blank, 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 blank. I'm loving this. Unfortunately, it is time. Yeah, we gotta select our nug. What are you thinking? I think it's, I think it's our blacksmithing, um, uh, like uh, the the visual novel or blacksmithing, like uh, gear prep video game, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. wherein. People come to you, they say your mission, you prep for it. If you under-prep them, they have a chance to come back with with success and better stats, but they run the risk of dying a horrible death. And also, like, another thing that you can add onto that is, um, what's it called? Uh, it, it, they might tip you. Be like, hey, your sword really saved my ass during this thing, and I got a little extra treasure on this thing, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking make you... Uh, I'm gonna make you some. I or I, I here's a piece of treasure. Or here, hey, here's this rare material I found while out on while out and about. You can craft new shit with it or something like that. Yeah, here's here's an enchanted blade, and you're like, oh, cool, an enchanted blade. I can put that in my inventory, and I can, you know, remove that enchantment and put it onto a different piece of gear later on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yes, I love that. I love that idea. Um. I do agree. I think this is the nug. I think that as far as crafting goes, I think that it's a lot of like menus and mini games, right? Like it's a bunch of like short little like forging mini games where you have to like, you know, mash X to make a good weapon or something. Oh, there should, there should also be like match the buttons. There should be like a Stardew Valley thing where like outside of your blacksmithing uh, house, there's a mine that you have to go into. And the mine maybe is, uh, well, actually, no, that is starting to lean very hardcore into Moonlighter, and I don't want to do that. Like, a for a foraging thing does seem weird. So maybe there's, like, but you I have to But I the go... idea of there being a town that you can walk around, right? Yes, because, like, a I, town... I want there to be, like, mm-hmm. enough of this game that you feel alive in this city, 
but uh, or in this little town or village or city perhaps it even evolves as the game goes on yes exactly exactly but small enough that it still feels like a like a management game more than it Mm -hmm. does a game there should there should be there should be a town because there's two things that we should have there one there should be a little market where you buy all of your resources like your ore or your leather or whatever and then as the game progresses there should be a guild house where all of the people that you service have formed their own guild and you can go to the guild house and talk to those people between adventures so you can like build relationships with them you can go see keith and his and his adorable little witch daughter uh who's just like constantly conjuring shit in the corner and she's like just adorable. Um, <laughs> God, I I love Keith and their yeah. and their daughter and their adopted daughter. That like actually might be my favorite storyline. Um, then you can also like maybe uh, is there like a school or something where you also have to like study um, like some uh, yes. There, there's like something? a school. Eventually, there will be like a school that opens up of like a school of magic, and if you go there, then you can increase like how effective your enchantments will be mm-hmm. uh there will be like a gym that you can go to and like that'll increase like how strong the uh, like blades you can make are mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. little little management games around a full day night cycle so you're able to do like two or three things a day yeah 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 you know what you'd also do maybe it's not necessarily that you're training people to um become stronger so they can go save your dad maybe you're sending them out on adventures because they're looking for some sort of rare material that you can use to heal your dad. Like at the beginning of the game, maybe your dad is like frozen in some sort of crystal or something and they're trapped there and you can't get them out until you get this specific material that can, you can slash into the crystal and it'll shatter the crystal without killing your dad or something, something to where it's not like, because I'm trying to maintain the thing. I got it. I got it. There's, there's some sort of like horrible disease that will only be like, it swept the nation and it's caused a lot of people to pick up this habit of adventuring because the only way for this like mystery disease to die out as if the demon king is defeated and slain. So mm. all these adventurers have gotten into the business because they all, every adventurer wants to be strong enough to end the demon king mm. and cure everybody in this kingdom. And you know what you know what the the cure is basically after they kill so the disease it's is that everybody king. is everybody turns into iron or something like that because it's you know keeping with the theme of forging or like metal yeah okay. and basically like what ha- what happens is, is after the demon is killed like you maybe you take some material like you have to like the the main demon itself is living iron and then what you need to do is is to heal that person you need to sh- craft you need to craft a forging hammer from their like dead like iron body part and then the you then you smack that on whatever like person got infected and then all of the iron like maybe sheds from their body and it just like oh i love that yeah because then Mm. this creates the idea of like there's still a payoff right like Mm -hmm. what we Mm. then get to do is we get to create this moment where like you you've continued to play this game you've leveled up adventurers you've gotten your like little guild hall nearby brave enough to the point that they're ready to go take on this demon king mission Mm -hmm. they go out you get the little notification the demon king has been slain Mm -hmm. find the cure and then you the player get to do this like mini game um like uh triathlon where you have to do like every mini game in the game as mm. hard as it ev- has ever been to create this tool that can cure people. Let me let me pitch you on something. Let me pitch you on something cuz I like the idea the thing that would make the final mission to kill the demon king way more impactful 
instead of just like getting a notification is you actually take like a portable like workshop with you and you have to repair their weapons and armor as they go through the final dungeon. So you're there with them, but you're that's where you introduce all the mini games. It's like it's just a fucking gauntlet of every mini game oh, you've ever done to yeah. make sure their weapons are okay, to make sure their armor like hey, I in that last battle, my fucking my uh my sword snapped in half. I need you to reforge it real quick or something or maybe um, and course, again, this yeah. game does have permadeath. So if mm -hmm. you your characters make that run on the final demon and you fail, you mm -hmm. will have probably lost like four or five heroes. Yes, yes. And then and like, you'll have to go back to town and start mm -hmm. like you know you can you can put the the leveled heroes kind of in the in in the guild hall in the hospital some sort of like stationary zone where they're not going to mm -hmm. be going out on missions and risking themselves anymore. But you need to get other people up to level to prep them for that raid again mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then there's like you need to make sure like everybody in that guild is like uh what's iron week to it's like i there's something that makes iron super brittle and i'm not and i don't really remember it but you need to like make sure all of their weapons are coated in this like acid or something or like some sort of chemical that erodes me that goes against iron enemies like a really easily or make yeah, sure and like during that yeah. final raid, you know, people will be coming in being like, ah, oh, he's uh, using an ice element now. And like, ah, oh, let me look at my tables and my graphs and see what you need now. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. this rules. Dude, yeah, fuck well, yeah, this fuck is yeah. the game. What are we calling it? I have a name for it, but really quickly. Also, I, better, I, what does it look like is my I, question really I was, quick. I was kind of thinking it's um, a little chibi-esque. Where it's like everybody's kind of like their characters are like really kind of um, uh, actually a good example is uh, uh Octopath Traveler kind of that kind of vibe a little bit. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I do like that. That like well lit, like cool lighting effects and the world is drawn in a really interesting way. But then the characters are all uh, like pixelated. Mm -hmm. But when you come up into conversation with them, it's like a full on like visual novel where you get like their well detailed JPEG sort of thing. Like the Persona games, I think is a I good example. I want to propose something different. Mm. I was thinking this would feel a little bit more like a... GameCube era 3D RPG. Uh, imagine like the Tales of Symphonia game oh. as it was on the GameCube. Uh, 3D but low detail. But again, I love this idea of like incredibly detailed lighting and world, but I want it to feel GameCube classic, if that mm -hmm, makes any mm -hmm, sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that because it's very simple, but not in like an offensive way. It's just very, it's just, it is what it is. It's not like hyper detailed or like really massively beautiful. It's just more about like, um, it, it, it just like how do how do I describe this? Um, I guess I'm saying like a Bandai style thing or like an astral chain, like you know, like the general like anime video game, like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Code Vein kind of, but again, like less particle effects, less and more world texture. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay interesting okay okay i i, I, I have the world to, and the and the texture of all of the world and planets to feel very like texture-esque and like tactile mm. but mm. then i want the character models to feel like a legend of zelda yeah that like oh, low yeah. that low detail smooth oh, character design yeah, but the yeah, world yeah. is super 
mm-hmm. like it looks kind of like like painterly and like oil painting sort of vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, okay, like I you were that. saying, it has that like uh, Octopath Traveler world detail, but mm-hmm. the characters are of a different art style. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. Two things. One, I do have a title. But I want it to be 3D so that you can run around the world and kind of explore and jump and find little hidden collectibles. I think I think having like a living town grow around you is a really cool thing. Two things. One, I we haven't taken from boss fight in a little bit, so I want I saw something. Um (laughs) I, I I apparently our our fucking boss fight part of our Patreon Discord just had a whole big discussion on like sunfish. For some okay. reason, and I have no why, what, <laughs> but don't even spend a large portion of their lives actively hunting at depths greater than 200 millimeter, occupying goth, the epileg, and Mr. Pacific tones. What in the fucking world was happening? So what I'm thinking. So like, there's so, going to be an underwater dungeon. Yes. Yeah, and that baby. means you need to build like diver equipment. So like your technology also maybe advances as you get better as a blacksmith. So you need to build like air tanks and a, and a cool little diver helmet or something like that. So there's underwater dungeons and maybe uh, that's when you start discovering like um, swords have no use underwater. So it has to be because, you know, the, the drag of the water would make them kind of Yeah, but spears, spears. Spears are so effective underwater. Yeah, spears, harp, maybe a harpoon gun because like it doesn't need to be like a thematic harpoon gun. It could be like a, the elastic ones where it's just like it works like a crossbow but underwater. Um, and then you also have daggers and other things, and then you need to figure out some sort of air supply. And if this world is also kind of magical, that I'm imagining there are like stone, like magical runes or stones or other things that you can put in there. Um, so underwater dungeons. Uh, do you have a boss fight? Yeah, this comes from Dev. They proposed an NPC that was killed off at the beginning of the game to give the protagonist emotional stakes but they are a mech now and i'm imagining this would be one of the heroes uh perhaps perhaps not margaret or keith but perhaps a different protag uh some sort of dwarf mayhaps that oh. was going through an ancient dwarven dungeon and like they they come back into you and like sort of outside the player's control perhaps the way that we the player understand that there is permadeath in this game mm-hmm. sort of the you send two heroes out uh maybe on their like third or fourth mission and one of them comes back and the game's like hey they died they you died know, and they're not coming back you know what and you have this? to go through this like what um in age of sigmar they have something like this they're called the duardwin um, they're basically dwarves that were reforged in living metal. So like yes. it could be like something like that. Maybe they died in this dungeon, but then were reformed. So they're basically they uh I guess the a, a more well known example would be um uh what are they called uh from D D, the D D world, where they're like the living they're like living stone and um they're not artificers, are they? Artificers well, a class. It's, I know what you're talking about, like a mm-hmm. golem. Yeah, basically, um, you're just like a live. You're like uh, you're made out of like metal and material, but you're not like a clockwork sort of soldier. You're just like a living. Yes. You're just living metal. Um, so, so that this would character be kind of that cool. was given to the hero very early on, so that or given uh, this hero that was given to the player really early on, so that we can one get another hero early on, and two understand that there is permadeath in this game, even for the heroes, especially for our heroes. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. later on in the game, probably you get a mission where like you, it's like you know clean th- out the dwarven blah blah blah, and you send that hero out, and they come back, and they're like, you're never gonna believe what I saw. Mm-hmm. And they're just like suddenly made of like um of like just shiny brass and gold and shit like that. 
and then just like perhaps mm-hmm. perhaps then this underwater dungeon and this moment where you slay your old hero's companion maybe there is like you were proposing this like raid mechanic where like you had to do the mini games as fast as you could as quickly as you could so that you could get the people back out on their in the fight perhaps mm-hmm. that's something that happens more regularly than just the final act of the game perhaps that's how we close out major chapters in our game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh so we can make so that we can or maybe major chapters of characters arcs yeah our heroes arcs like certain characters have ties to certain dungeons because that's like like going off of the example of that's where that character died like maybe their arc is is that they want to get their body back so they can bury it so it'll be like hey yes. i died in this but i was reforged but I need to train and get better no, no, no. so I their, can go get my companion own body. Died. You were given two heroes at the beginning. One of them died. The other came back. The, char- the character oh. that came back, their arc is kind of like mourning for them. But yes, this idea that they need to get back in that dungeon and get that body so that they can bring them back to a resting place, that still mm. works. That's cool. Or it could be that they're trying to reforge them as well. Could It, it yeah. could be. Or maybe it's not something like, uh, I, I don't know. There's a lot of, there's like a lot of like deeper cool shit with this game that I feel like can be done. God, I wish but, you and but, I were actual game I- designers sometimes. Yeah, right. <laughs> but this idea then that like we can have sort of like these more regular raids wherein mm-hmm. characters you grab up as many characters as you want to or feel comfortable doing this in a way that like rewards will still be spread out in a nice way that all of the heroes that go in for it would be would enjoy it perhaps there's even like a odds of them accepting the mission type deal mm-hmm. you go in you do your quick mini game you get you understand that raids are a thing so that when you do it in the final level you're not particularly unprepared for it yes yes okay all right we i think we've run out the clock a little bit i have a name for you and then we can head on over to patch notes how's that sound hit me all right Sounds i was great. looking i was looking up some blacksmithing terms and there's one that stuck out to me that was really fucking cool because it kind of has this hopeful vibe but is still about blacksmithing there's the term when you work with like um lighter metals like uh like copper or brass and it's called brightsmithing so i'm wondering if we call this game brightsmith Brightsmith is so charming. I love that. Yeah, it has that kind of like it has that just kind of cutesy vibe to it, but also like like very fantastic and wonderful. And I think Brightsmith would just I think it fits. Yes, that rules. I love it. I want to ship it right now. Fuck yeah! I, w- I would love to play this game. Actually, <laughs> are we ready for patch notes? I want this game to be real. Yeah, let's go to patch notes. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to patch notes. Now, I'm certain that you all have one huge, major question if you're all the way at the end of this show. You're like, damn, I love this show. How do I become a better part of it? How do I get in on this action? Hey, if you got- Blake, I have all these great video game ideas. Where do I do with them? You know, if you've got a banger video game idea, whether it be very wild, very fun, very charming, we would love to hear it on our Reddit at Spiritual Successor podcast on reddit very yeah <laughs> or you could email us at spiritual successor podcast at gmail.com or in my personal favorite you can message us on twitter at our handle spiritual suck you get a good chuckle my out message, of that just tweet at us oh did i say message yeah but that's right. that's fine that's what i'm here for i'm the support <laughs> i got you bud yeah i'm just- here to I'm here to make any vocal retractions necessary. Tweet at us at spiritual successor. Or yeah. I'm sorry, at spiritual suck. Dang it. I messed up too. How are we so bad at this? <laughs> and we're working on it. Patch notes things are still a work in progress. But yeah, check us out on Twitter and on Reddit. 
I will be posting up some beautiful Brightsmith art this coming Thursday uh, on our Twitter and Reddit. So if you're interested in checking that out, come on, come on over. Come on, you know. Yeah. And maybe, uh, maybe we, I, I don't know if we're going to do it, but I want to really lean into it. Uh, we should totally do that Naruto Shido AMV. <laughs> It doesn't need we'll to be. See. It doesn't need to be high effort. It just needs to be. I, again, just, I I might make the Shino fan cam. I don't know about a full AMV, but just like a little fan cam for Shino while jamming out to Bug Snacks, maybe. <laughs> that would be very fun. All right, everybody. Thank you. For As listening. always, everybody. Our intro and outro is "Cheap Shop" by Anna Monaguchi, an excellent song from an excellent band for an excellent game. I have been your host AJ Hart, and I have been your other host Blake Rea. This has been Spiritual Successor, and these are cool games that should not be made. See you later, suckers. <laughs>